Okay. Here we are. Here we are. Episode 11. So. <laughs> so this is Brown Burndown. Brown Burndown. The Brown Burndown. The Brown Burndown. episode 11 yes um so those of you who are new to our podcast there may be 160 of you those may all be bots a little bit unclear great to meet you all i am tars (laughs) and i am rabs and this is the brown burn down colon an indian american pop culture pod (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> With a lot of asterisks in there because we say Indian, but we mean South Asian generally. And we say American, but we mean Western media generally. So uh, South Asian, um, no, a South Asian Western pop culture pot. It just doesn't have as much of a like. It just doesn't. Ring. <laughs> so if this is your first time listening to our podcast, welcome. So we're here to analyze anything and everything that pertains to the representation of brown people in western media we're kind of haters also yeah the caveat is we're haters so walk into this knowing that we are we celebrate greatness where we see it but for the most part we tear down representation that we think is inadequate or um bad racist (laughs) just has no room for improvement, yeah. frankly. So, welcome. Shall we get started? Let's do it. So, if you listened to our last episode, if you haven't, you should, because it's currently our number one episode, which is wild. Which is wild, because it wasn't that good, TBH. But, uh, we have like a, over 160 plays on it, so thank you to people who listened, and thank you to the robots who listened to you, because... <laughs> We know you out there. They're the real ones. <laughs> the real MVPs. Yeah. <laughs> they can listen to 50 plays in one second. <laughs> proud of you. Thanks for that. Yeah, we're proud of you. Um, lies we told, Tars. We told some lies, didn't we? Yeah, so we like to start our episode by admitting to our faults, because if we're going to be haters, we got to hate on ourselves a little bit too. So we invite our listeners to call us out whenever we tell a lie, and um, turns out we did tell lies last week. So, Rabs, what lie did we tell? (laughs) And it was, I think I was the one who told it, so I guess I'll be the one to talk about it. Uh, (laughs) But... When we were talking about festival dress, uh, specifically at Coachella, but in general, I use the term bohemian dress and um, just generally how bohemian dress had themes from Indian and other South Asian cultural influences. So um, bohemia, while it does have... Indian influences, the correct definition of bohemian is someone from, or something from Bohemia, which is an old part of the Czech Republic. Um, so bohemianism is kind of the culture of the people who lived in this part of the Czech Republic, who were the like lower class Romani people, but they're actually like migrants from 
uh, northern India who kind of traveled. Oh, so this is so, semantics, really. So Maybe we should do an episode uh, on the Roma at some point. That's the correction that we had from last week. Okay, so that was the one lie we told. If you guys heard any more lies that we told, please email us um, at thebrownburndown at gmail.com. Yep. Our next segment that we do is Lingering Thoughts, where we talk about some things that we didn't get to in our last episode or some new developments from topics that we brought up in our last episode. So, the first of which yeah. is actually from two episodes ago. Um, our episode two episodes ago was Game of Thrones. Yes, it was a and fab episode. Go listen to it. One of our best. Um, this isn't related to representation, which never improved over the course of the series, but the show has ended forever, and nobody's happy about it. There was just overall a general bad narrative around representation in this show that I would have thought that they would be a little bit more aware of because people have been talking about it for like five seasons as being very like not representative of the world around us and like leaning into racist tropes but apparently they just never learned that or they didn't care they're still racist and they're also. still racist <laughs> they didn't magically correct themselves in the last episode as sadly. much as we might have hoped that they would yeah. <laughs> um our second lingering thought um another thing we love to talk about on this show is the Jonas Brothers. Oh, God, yeah, sadly. <laughs> Unfortunately, they've been a uh, subject of a lot of the content on our podcast, but um, this was super interesting, okay? And I will be the last person to say the Jonas Brothers are interesting, <laughs> but this was very interesting. Um, Tars found... Who should get the article from? I don't even know. Somewhere <laughs> on the internet. Basically makes the claim that Kevin Jonas is the reason that Trump got elected, which sounds like... A leap? Extreme, yeah, <laughs> but it's believable. <laughs> Should we... I'll TLDR it, okay? TLDR it. So basically, Kevin Jonas on The Apprentice, he's on it, he's doing great, the ratings for the show go up, he thinks he can, like, play all the people on the show, and then he ends up playing himself, Trump fires him, in the episode after he gets fired, ratings, like, tank. And eventually leads to, as this author points out, like, that was the pivoting point for the show, for the ratings to go so low that they ended up canceling the show. If Kevin Jonas hadn't ever gone on The Apprentice and hadn't left The Apprentice, that Trump would have still had The Apprentice as a show and wouldn't have run for president. Pursue other <laughs> ventures. Other ventures. <laughs> Cannot believe that people watch The Apprentice to watch Kevin Jonas. Who are these people? Who are these Kevin supporters? I don't understand. Shall we go on to the next segment? Yes. What is our next segment, Raps? Our next segment is thoughts from our friends. So mm. you are lucky listeners, <laughs> um, lucky and loyal listeners. Uh, if you so choose, you can get in touch with us at thebrownburndown at gmail.com um, and let us know what you think. And maybe we, like, said something that you super do not agree with. Just let us know um, because we'll share it on this segment of our podcast. So far, the thoughts from our friends have been really awesome. Though. Yeah. Like, they 
Our friends have amazing thoughts. Our friends so, have great thoughts. And you are now our friend, if you listen. Well, we have a thought this week from our friend and loyal listener, S-Dog. <laughs> yeah, she deserves that. Okay, she can be S-Dog. Okay. S-Dog, she is a real one. She uh, sent us this amazing article after listening to our Game of Thrones episode um, where we talked about, I think Taurus talked about uh, this new show that the creators of Game of Thrones are coming out with called Confederate where they're imagining this alternate universe where the South would have won the Civil War. Um, S-Dog sent us a great article that's in The Atlantic by Ta-Nehisi Coates. Basically, like, it just adds one more point to what we were saying about Confederate, um, being that this is a show written by two white people. Um, they are stating their purpose as to iman- imagine a real- an alternate reality where the South would have won the Civil War, but we have to be careful when we're talking about the South, because of course that does not include all the people who lived in what was, like, the South during the Civil War era, um, specifically just the white people is what yeah. they're talking about. Um, and he makes a really good point about how even though these two white writers have created the show, they've been really good about including black writers in uh, the creation of the show as well. But what Ta-Nehisi Coates says is that would if black writers had been responsible for writing the show on their own, would they have written it about like a a universe where the Ku Klux Klan was, you know, had more power than they actually do, you know? Like, probably not. Um, Also, S-Dog was our first listener to email us. She sent us an awesome email. Thank you, S-Dog. Awesome email, and she gets a special prize that we definitely pitched and sold very well to everyone. Yeah, this is your loss. Tune in next week to find out what her prize was. We'll reveal it then. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, And then one last thought from our friend was just like a nice validation. It actually happened in casual conversation. I was talking to our listener, Ange, and she was just kind of like, we were talking about hair. Way back when I had a venti episode where I talked about how hair trends are based on white hair rather than being like universal and she was like yeah that really resonated with me I've never been able to have hair that's um like not below my waist because like of just my hair type and so that resonated with me and I thought that was nice I'm glad that sometimes when we have rants they resonate with people thanks Ange thanks Ange love ya okay so should we go on to our favorite section of all time yes okay so our (laughs) favorite section of all time honestly that's what it's become is um hashtag McYonka watch 2k19 which is our very pithy and definitely going to be trending on twitter hashtag where we track <laughs> you've heard it here first you heard it here first <laughs> where we track um nick jonas and priyanka chopra's relationship because this was actually the impetus for our whole podcast Rabs was visiting me and it was the weekend of Nick Yonka wedding and we were just like, what is happening? And so we started a podcast. So we got to keep them in our hearts and prayers. So we talk about them every week. So sorry if you oh hate God. them. Oh my God. Because Tars, our hmm. anniversary is going to be their anniversary. Oh my God. <laughs> so they hmm. went to, to Cannes and they took a bunch of sensual pictures Sensual and very staged pictures. And when these, like, came out on their Instagrams, we were like, who is taking these pictures and photographing these very intimate moments of them literally just in a hotel room doing nothing? 
Um, and it turns out yeah. they hired a photographer to just take pictures of them in their hotel room for Instagram. Yeah. For in- Yeah, for Instagram. That was weird. And was it to promote something? Nope. It was I don't just even remember. to promote themselves. Which is honestly, that's a step in a different direction for them. Because <laughs> usually when they post pictures, it's to promote things. Like there's like no vodka. vodka. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm kind of just jealous that they have the means to to have photo shoots whenever they want. Like that's so fun. Yeah, that's really fun. But also extra. But also fun. So So yep. there you have it. <laughs> that's Nick Yanka Watch 2K19 for this week. So should we move on to the main event? Oh my god! Okay, so one, we're going to pivot back from talking about just random things that are happening in pop culture and how they tangentially relate to brown people. And we're going to talk about a thing that actually super relates to brown people, which is the new Aladdin movie that we have a lot of thoughts about. A literal movie about brown people. Surprisingly, because the (laughs) original was not. Um, (laughs) Let's share our experiences watching the new Aladdin movie. Okay. So, Robs and I saw this separately because, um, for those of you That's who don't know... That's how we see all our movies. <laughs> yeah, we don't live in the same place, so... It's tragic. It's, but we actually had... I think we have a lot of similar takes about this movie, but I think we also have some fundamentally very different ones, So, yeah. which is rare for us. So, yeah. we're going to start by just kind of giving you our overall thoughts about the film, and then we'll dive into how it's incredibly problematic, because you knew that's where we were going with this. Yeah. Oh, obviously. (laughs) Obviously. I would love to watch a movie that's 100% non-problematic. Bring it on. Made by a slew of white men (laughs) about brown people. I would love to watch that happen, so. The limit does not (laughs) exist. challenge is out there. Yeah, exactly. Right. I'd like to take it up. Overall, super entertained. Like, was sitting, I went to watch this movie by myself also, and I think the people sitting on either side of me were like, what is happening to her? Because I was either dying laughing or sitting there literally with my, like, fingers covering my mouth because I was, like, so excited about what was going to happen next. Um, oh, I thought you were doing that because you were cringing so hard. Oh, no. (laughs) But there were parts where I was cringing. I think the laughter was mostly from cringing. (laughs) So um, my general take on this movie was that I couldn't get past the, like, horrible, horribly, like, problematic racist tropes that kind of were there from the start of the movie to the end of the movie. Um, This movie begins with, like, the classic snake charmery music, which is probably played in some parts of whoever knows where this movie is supposed to take place it's somewhere in the general area of those two continents it's outside of white europe and america exactly exactly (laughs) what culture they were trying to represent the people that they were trying to represent um the accents they were trying to represent uh it was all just a very like confusing mix of things happening all at once that just together screamed, like, this is not the U.S. This is not the U.S. The others. This is is the others. Yeah, exactly. This is, like, foreign and mystical and magical and ethnic. Like, so that was what made me – that was the huge roadblock for me to surmount, to be able to 
like this movie. I will say, though, that the one very refreshing part of it for me was that it was a very, very diverse cast. Lots of melanin. <laughs> melanin everywhere. Melanin. And I think, which for a movie about <laughs> a random Middle Eastern place, like <laughs> that is a prerequisite. So they did have one white guy in it, which was weird. Which we will we talk, talk about. We'll talk about that. Um but that's my that's my take on it. Tars, you want to share yours? Yeah, and I think like to your last point, like the original Aladdin movie, which everyone talks about as being so delightful, and it is so delightful. It's my favorite Disney movie by far. Um, was voiced entirely by a white cast. The Aladdin like cartoon character was modeled after um, Tom Cruise's face. So like they were like Robin Williams is the genie. He's fabulous on it, but it's just like really problematic in so many ways and I think like people know that but like somehow forgive it for that but my overall take was like that this was a delightful movie like I am so if you listen to this podcast at all you know like I'm constantly thinking about race and representation we both are and like I have a really hard time enjoying things that I feel like aren't you know adequately representing people that look like us um, and that's why we started this podcast, but, like, for some reason in this movie, I was able to get over that, and I just loved it. I had so much fun. I dragged my poor cousin. She was like, I feel like this is a ploy. You just want to talk about it on your podcast. And I was like, <laughs> you're right, and that's why you're here. Um, but it was – I had so much fun. I thought – I love the songs. I think they're so fun. I thought the spectacle was so fun. I thought it was so funny. Well, I think, first of all, I anticipated that this movie was going to be awful. There was a lot of controversy around it. They initially, I think, were, like, having a really hard time finding brown people to play the leads. And, like, there was some talk that maybe they would have white people in the leads. And I was like, oh, no, I am not into this. Like, this is going to be a disaster. Like, I am not Mm -hmm. here for this. Um, But they eventually stumbled upon some brown people, I guess. And I think the main guy, um, Mena Masood. I thought he was so charming. I thought he was so wonderful. He's a good actor. Oh, I thought all the acting... Honestly, this may be very controversial, but I thought Will Smith was the worst actor in the whole movie. Oh, I think, yeah. I think that's definitely true. Will Smith had a lot of work to do. But, like, he was great. I thought Princess Jasmine was, like, really good. Um... What particularly got me mad was when I went on Twitter the next day and I saw a lot of, like, feminist writers who I love and, like, one in particular that I really respect and, like, really like her thoughts were, like, very upset because Aladdin had done better than Booksmart, which is um, a comedy that I felt slightly guilty for not going to see this weekend because it didn't do as well as people thought and it was, like, kind of, like, a super bad but um, featuring women it was like yeah it's kind of like one of those like bro comedies about like the end of high school where like you have to like whatever be cool and except just like flipped on its head with women and I thought that that was a really cool concept and has really good reviews and it's supposed to be really good um but people these feminist writers on twitter were like incredibly mad because they're like I'm so mad that Booksmart did not do well and Aladdin did well and like this is so messed up anyone who saw Aladdin over Booksmart like how dare you like blah 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 and that made me incredibly angry Aladdin is a huge win as well like I get that it's Disney and it's a huge corporation who's driving this and like not about supporting white people making movies about um other people but um it's like so exciting to me that this is going to be a billion dollar movie and it like really shows to me 
that all this BS about how, you know, you have to cast like white leads and you have to cast famous leads because that's the only way a movie's going to make money and that's why representation doesn't exist and that's why it's really hard to have like, you know, um, headliners for movies and have like diversity in yeah. like these big blockbusters is because of that issue. That's not true. And so like while I am excited to see Booksmart, I think that like it's very white feminist to go on Twitter and be like, how dare you go see Aladdin? Like, this is like, I have never seen a movie this big headlined by brown people in yeah. the U.S. Have you? I mean, was Slumdog Millionaire this big? Maybe, maybe, but like... Maybe in like, yeah. I don't know if at the box office it was that big, but I haven't, no. And I think it goes back to your point of like, this being your favorite disney movie as a child because as a brown american growing up this was the only thing we had like honestly aladdin was the only form of representation that i feel like i've ever had growing up totally i'm not mad about it i am ready to tear it down in terms of how problematic some of the things are but like i found it delightful and i wish that more people would celebrate the like wins for brown people that are coming out of this as problematic as this movie is, which we will discuss now, yeah. it does move the arc of progress forward a little bit. Yeah. and Or actually a lot of it, because yeah. it's it's going to be revolutionary in what it's doing. So, yeah, I agree. I, I, I was going to say that it feels like maybe we're asking for a lot, but, like, why shouldn't we ask yeah. for a lot, right? Like, Okay, so, well, let's maybe get into what you were saying about, like, why... The fundamental story of Aladdin is so, like, an interpretation aside, which we will also get to, like, why Aladdin itself is, like, just not the move for, like, Disney to recreate. Like, it's fundamentally a problematic story, right? Yeah. So, okay, like, Tara's alluded to this already, but so the movie that Disney made in 1992 was voiced entirely by white people. The creators were white people. And that's kind of the theme of the story of Aladdin. It's a story about a very brown community told by a white person to another white person to another white person to another white person. And if you look back at the roots of the story, I don't even know if it has roots in any sort of Middle Eastern culture. There are some theories that say that it was written by the Syrian storyteller, but other theories that say that it wasn't. It was written by some French guy who was a self-proclaimed Orientalist and, Ugh. like, crafted the story on a, some whim. first time people think it was ever surfaced was really in the translation of 1001 Arabian Nights, um or the Arabian Nights. And so that's like a French story. There's this French guy who translated the whole thing and kind of took some personal liberties to add like whatever stories he wanted to it or like make some edits to it. So the story of Aladdin got kind of transmitted throughout Western civilization and people put their various takes on it, including at one point Aladdin was not from this Middle Eastern community he was from a random east asian city and some of the early plays and productions and even the first movie adaptation film adaptation of aladdin where the characters playing aladdin the actors are all white and they're in yellow face and have their like eyes taped to resemble east asians so this it's very much part of the story that it is uh 
a story by white people told by white people about not white people. Mm. Um, so I think it is important to know that before watching this movie because I kind of that at least I wish I'd read that before I watched this movie because it answered some of my questions in regards to the confusion on what exactly was happening like where were they why was there like a tabla playing and then all of a sudden they're playing like these other instruments that are not indigenous to like any of those countries and then the dress was very South Asian not necessarily Middle Eastern. Um, Especially it, for Jasmine. Like, her costumes were very South Asian. Yeah. But it was, like, South Asian in not, like, an authentic way either. It was, like, in a very loud, flashy, like... Yeah, um, I think, like, that's really important context to have. And you... But it's, like, it, this is continuing that really awful tradition of having white people tell this story about, like, exoticism, basically. About, like, the exotic east and that is upsetting that that is continued to perpetuate it's a world where like the history of that world is one by according to white people where like you could be east asian south asian middle eastern and it's all the same like you're gonna be eating different food wearing different clothes looking different just looking different and it doesn't matter whether that means you're east asian south asian middle eastern whatever like you're just not white I was actually kind of surprised I didn't throw in a few East Asians into this movie, too. I think their criteria seemed to be melanin. Like, that was it. Like, And it felt lazy. It was like, you couldn't just, like, align on a country? Like, just make it Saudi Arabia. Make all these people, like, Middle Eastern. Make them, like... Because they, like, read Arabic at one point, but then she's definitely doing Bollywood dance. And also, the actress who plays Jasmine is half white, half Indian descent. Like... Like, not Middle Eastern at all. Not Middle Eastern at all, and, like, that, like, I mean, she had a really good voice, so I kind of see why they cast her. Yeah, I get why they cast her. She was very talented. And, like, I mean, and we were also talking about this, how, like, it felt really weird to have the one character in chains to be a black person. Like, Like, he's literally shackled and, like, refers to his shackles throughout the movie. And, like, there's, like, kind of a savior thing with Aladdin where, like, Aladdin sets him free. And when it was, like, Robin Williams, it was, like, I mean, the whole thing was a cartoon. So that was a whole – but, like, that felt fine. I was, like, oh, he really is Robin Williams. Fine. But, like, when it's Will Smith, who's, like, the only black character as, like, a slave, it just does not feel good. If you're going to do that, then, like, talk about it a little bit like that should be like a point a plot point or a point of conversation rather than just being like oh he's a mystical genie like it's like specific right. to this one case scenario like it just it and they do the same thing with the accents which i think yes. i kind of talked about before right like the accents i don't think they had like anyone from like the linguistics department nope. like consulted on this set the accents it felt like the whiter i think you said this like the whiter the character was like more they were trying to have an accent slash then some people just have like american accents like will smith is not trying to have an accent no he he can just like be cool with his regular voice which in the 1992 the original cartoon version like it's aladdin and genie are these two american accented characters and everyone else are like the others you know yeah did jasmine have an american accent she has like an affect you know like i'm like a polished affect like i've been here and like 
Aladdin and Genie are relatable because they have American mm. accents. Like, interesting. It, it's very subtle, but it makes a huge difference, right? Yeah, it's. I don't know what they were going for with the accents, and you called out Nassim Pedrad, like from SNL. What I don't understand. I, was she just trying to be awkward, or was she trying? What to be, was like, her was character? Her- yeah, she first was an American accent. She was on SNL. Like, she's, like, very American. And it was so It was just weird. bad. So did yeah. the, the Jafar accent also threw me off. I was, like, not really sure what he was doing either. Okay, also, low-key, I read this before I watched the movie that everyone was like, oh, the character or the actor who plays Jafar is, like, so hot. So hot. Yeah. I thought Aladdin was hot. Oh, Aladdin was for sure hotter than Jafar. I just wanted to put that out there because I remember thinking Jafar is not that good-looking. I think people Sorry, have, just, like, like... objectify him. No, I think people have bad boy issues, which is why they were into Jafar. I definitely thought that, like, Aladdin was really charming and, like, really, like... Yeah, he was. He cuter. was a good actor. He was great. great. I he hope carried he gets the good movie. Parties. The thing is, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, he and Jasmine carried this movie because Will Smith yeah. did not. <laughs> Nothing. I guess the last thing maybe we should talk about is that one random white guy in the movie. Oh yeah, that was. Honestly, that made me mad really early on because he's in like the first like five minutes of the movie. Yeah, that shows up, and so. Basically, Prince Jasmine, Princess Jasmine is getting suitors from all over, and the Scandinavian prince shows up in his literal, like, fur coat. Yeah. The part that was odd about it was that everyone is telling Jasmine how great he is. Like, oh my gosh, like, you should go for him. Like, he's amazing. Like, he is so good looking, and like, look at how many things he brought you and look at his fleet of ship he's like really weird it's like i can't yeah that he's white i don't yeah that's the thing i can't really understand what the message they were trying to portray in there was like i think he was supposed to be comic relief but like i i realized that they actually didn't cast any brown characters as comic relief except for maybe the like handmade thing that really didn't fail that failed completely like the monkey is supposed abu is supposed to be the comic relief but the cgi abu was like not that cute he wasn't that cute sorry the the animated one is way cuter for sure yeah um the carpet the carpet was cuter yeah yeah Yeah. the carpet was cuter than the monkey but like i just couldn't figure out what they were trying to say one was it that like brown people they were like too afraid to make fun of brown people like, were they scared to make fun of brown people and have that be a brown person who was, like, kind of a doofus? Or, like, did they just want a white voice in there? Like, what was his point? Like, I don't know. And I – was he – is he a famous actor? He no. He's not a famous actor. He's, like, a side character on Kimmy Schmidt. Like, it wasn't even like they brought in, like, George Clooney for, like, a cameo. It was just, like, this random – decision to have this white guy and I I agree I really didn't like how they kept on talking about how handsome he was and that like none of the other characters get called handsome or like and it's in the casting also right like all of these actors have lighter skin oh yeah yeah there is the melanin but we're not seeing like deep hues of melanin and like yeah I think it's also in the fact that like the Jasmine character is halfway like I think that like they really um desexualized her and took away her like lack of agency in a way that was like very empowering her not that she wasn't like a sexy like badass woman but it was like not in a like there was some weird stuff in the animated movie where she like uses her sexuality to like distract Jafar so that like Mm -hmm. and I was like what is happening here um yeah I'm five (laughs) (laughs) 
have went by. <laughs> yeah, so that was weird. I like that they took that out. Um, so in, in like, I think that this is like, overall a really enjoyable movie, a really nice remake of like a classic film. Um, with some modernizations, but, like, my hope is that the next time they remake Aladdin, it is about, like, Syria, and the actors are all actually Middle Eastern, and the costume is, like, appropriate for that specific location, and the actual city is modeled after a place that exists, and not, like, some random amalgamation of, like, something that's on the water, but also has, like, Taj Mahal-y vibes. Yeah, I agree. And I while I think that the creators of this movie, like, I think they, you can tell, it's pretty obvious, they're trying to not offend yes. anybody. Like, they put a lot of effort into that, I think. One of the easiest ways to not offend people is to make sure you're including people from that culture. Don't be offensive. In the creation process, yeah. right? Yeah. So, like, yeah. I think I don't think there was anything they could have done in adapting this story as if if you're using the story as a base, there's no way that it's not going to be problematic. Like rewrite it, redo it. You have that power, Disney. You have so much money. You have so yeah. much like like yeah, the songs are classic. Like change them up. Like you could write new songs. Like that speechless one was good. I liked it. It was good. I like that song. Yeah. Arabian Nights is still kind of just a racist song in concept. And they changed some of the lyrics apparently. Oh, did they? S-Dog was telling me that. They <laughs> said, like, they changed the lyric from Sunday Salam to Friday Salam. Because Sunday Salam is not a thing. Like, <laughs> in, the, in the 1992 one, it says they say Sunday Salam, which is like, Oof. what religion are you? <laughs> like, alliteration, but also what religion are you trying to Oh, represent? my God. I say go watch this movie. Yeah. Like, I think we need, I think that this movie doing well is, like Tara said, a great, great stride in the arc of progress for brown representation. Yeah. And it's really yeah. fun. It was, oh, entertaining. <laughs> like, I was more so entertained than in Avengers. Avengers, I like felt oh, yeah. the length of that movie. This one, that I was like, was too what? Long. No more songs? Even like, yeah, even Bohemian Rhapsody. I was just angry in Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> yeah. Me too. Uh, that brought me anger. This the story in this movie is just a I think it's just a really good story, which yeah. is why I understand why that French guy made it up. <laughs> That's exactly why it was. Go watch Aladdin is our Yeah, is our go TLR. watch Aladdin. Have some healthy skepticism about it, but like support yeah. it. It's a good movie and it is built on the backs of like hardworking brown people who deserve to become very famous for this. Alright, should we do a hot take? Hot take. Um, okay, this one is like kind of some on on trend on trend for us. Um, so I was in Denver this weekend, and my friend, who I actually don't know if we have a nickname for her, call her B Bay B. Okay, we'll call her Bay. Um, <laughs> so Bay was like, "Oh, I saw this kid wearing a turban, and it was so cute and not offensive." And I was like. I don't know if I believe that that exists. I think that this was actually just like kind of like a scarf situation and it was really cute. But it made me think about how turbans are actually used as accessories for a lot of people. which Like is fortune tellers. Yeah, like fortune tellers, which is super problematic. And um, 
in Harry Potter, which we were also watching this weekend, yeah. there is Quirrell in the first movie who has this, like, turban to hide Lord Voldemort behind him. Which, like, one, is the insinu- insinuation that there's, like, something evil, like, behind everyone's turban. Don't love that. Two, like, why was he wearing a turban? He was, like, white AF. I don't understand. I really, truly don't understand. I don't know why I didn't question that. I guess because it's like sort of like become this like mysticism thing. Like you said, like fortune tellers and magicians and like wizards or whatever. But like that's not what a turban is. That's not what a turban is for. And that's disrespectful to Sikh culture. Yeah. Yeah. I have nothing else to add. (laughs) Just don't do it. Just don't do it. So Um, that's, that's our episode. That's the episode. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Um, As always... Rate, review, subscribe, and email us. So we know email that you're us. not all bots. We gotta know. Yeah. We really want to know at thebrownburndown at gmail.com. We'll respond in some way. We may not email you back. We'll text you back. Yeah. <laughs> we have that capacity. If, if we're on that level. And if we're on that level, honestly, like you should have already emailed us by now. Yeah. Shame on all of you who haven't emailed us now and are actually our friends. Cresha. Specifically Cresha. <laughs> I really hope she listens one day. Yeah. She doesn't she get does. a code name. If you don't she email does. us, you lose your code name. Yeah, this is true. Cresha. <laughs> You're on our list. Okay. So right now it's one. <laughs> it's a one person list.